Okay, guys, welcome back. <laughs> Garden of Amuna. Today's class was Is Amuna. You saw the title that went out in the Facebook. Is Amuna a thought? Is Amuna a feeling? Or a what? What? I put there three because we're going to discuss three different levels. Before I tell you this, share with you my uh, prepared notes, I wanted to show you this safer. You want to write this name down. It is, it is called In Good Hands. The publishing is S-I-E, Sichas in English. It is an amazing book. A lot of what you're going to hear comes from this right now. This book is basically, read you straight off the cover, a hundred letters and talks of the Lubavitcher Rebbe on Bitochon, trusting in God. I really suggest you have this if you're learning about Amuna and Bitochon. For a different discussion is the difference between the approach that you're going to have in this Sefer versus what you're going to read in Garden of Amuna. Please understand, they both come from the wellsprings of the Baal Shem Tov. Nevertheless, there is something about this approach that the Rebbe has, which at certain points you think it's not possible and I'd love to one day, maybe that'll be next week's class, if you guys start dabbling with this book, I'd like to share with you what the Rebbe's approach to trust is. What you're going to hear today is a lot of that, but if you read this book, you're going to feel very, at some point, I'm just telling you because I went just finished going through this safer, at some point you're going to think this isn't possible for humans to so leave go. So start reading this. For those of you who already finished Garden of Amuna, I'm not here to trick you of Garden of Amuna. It's an amazing book. I really suggest you start reading this so that we can have that discussion. Okay? This does not belong to me. I need to give it back to my brother-in-law. You cannot take it. You can dabble through it tonight from 8.50 to 9 o'clock. Okay? Yes, I really meant it. I know. I was... Uh, imitating Elvis when I said I will be leaving the building at 9, but I will be leaving the building at 9. Okay, guys, let's talk. Emuna versus Bitachon is the first thing I want to put on the table for just a couple of seconds because even though when I titled it, I asked you what faith is, whether faith is a thought, a feeling, or a what, I want to zoom in now more on bitachon, trust, which is very close to emuna. Very often when people aren't careful, they interchange the two. But please be understanding that emuna is faith, which generally speaking, faith does not demand action or change in action. You have the famous Talmudic saying that says, that the Jewish thief, while he's stealing, prays to God because he's full of faith. He's faith that God 
won't let him get caught. But if you believe in God and you're praying to God, why are you stealing? And that's because faith, there's something about faith that allows you to disconnect it from actions. It is an encompassing power, infinite, and thus can easily be detached from our finite intellect, from our finite emotions, and most importantly, from our finite thought, speech, and action patterns. So tonight, I'm going to zoom in more on bitachon because this class, I want it to have an impact on the way we think, the way we speak, and the way we act. If having bitachon does not demand a change in your thought, speech, and action pattern, then understand you're not experiencing bitachon trust. At best, you're experiencing emunah, faith. Okay? So with that introduction, have in mind, I'm zooming in more on the bitachon, trust, that demands a change in thought, speech, and action than I am about emunah. So the question is, what is it? Is it a thought? I'm sorry, is it a, yeah, I guess thought. Is it a feeling? Or is it something else? The answer, of course, in most of these classes that I present you a question like that, the answer is yes. It is an understanding. Yes, it is a feeling. And most importantly, yes, it is a something else. Let's talk. Trust. There are two appendixes to that book. One is from the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe and one is from the sixth Lubavitcher Rebbe. They quote it. That's what they use for an appendix for that book. After you read the book and then you go to that appendix from the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe, it leaves you totally blown away. The fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe talks about trust. What is trust? Trust, he gives an example. You owe, let's pick a decent number, something to worry about. You owe $60,000. It's due tomorrow. But you are a responsible human being. You took the loan. You knew how long you had that loan for. You prepared tomorrow morning's payday right there in your bedroom is $60,000 waiting for you to give it back to whoever you owe it to. How will you sleep that night? You'll sleep like a baby. Not a worry, not a single worry. I owe the money, okay. But I have the money. If I have the money, I have nothing to worry about. So yes, I owe the money. Yes, $60,000 is a huge number for some of us, me. <laughs> but I have the money. It's laying right there in a bag. I just finished counting it. I put it together in packets of thousands with rubber bands. There's $60,000. 
Now, is there a chance that there's going to be a fire, God forbid, and burn the money, or going to get lost, or someone's going to break in? But you're not worried. The money's right there. The money is right there. The fifth Bible Rebbe says that is trust. When it looks like the money isn't there, and you have to trust that God will provide. How am I going to pay? How is it that? Tuition, mortgage, this, that, market. What do I do? The fifth Bible Trevor writes that the absolute level of trust is where trust is a feeling, not a thought. The way that person feels when he goes to bed that night knowing that he has the money. Yes, he owes it. Yes, it's a big number, but he has the money. So he isn't struggling in his brain. I need to have bitachon. It's going to be okay. There's going to be a miracle. It's going to be okay. Nothing's going to go wrong. He doesn't have that struggle. It's laying there right next to his bed. Tomorrow, he goes to Minyan at 7 o'clock, meets Yanko for coffee at 8.30, gives him back the money, and tells him thank you. It's that simple. The Rebbe Rashab, the fifth of our Rebbe writes, Bitachon is that when you don't have that bag of money right next to you, and you're so worried, where's it going to come from? How's it going to happen? Now, I'm not suggesting right now that we're talking about the night before the payment. But the fifth of our Trebbe is talking about that. Bitachon is such a strong feeling that you sleep. That's what he writes there. You sleep without the slightest worry. You're sleeping like a baby. Because your provider is God and you trust 100% that God will not let you down. Why? Because you deserve it, you don't deserve it. That, read that book. It's not about you, it's about God. It's because God is good. So, the answer to question number one, and I'd, if you notice, I reversed, and you'll soon see why. I put feeling before understanding, because feeling is the ultimate, real experience of bitachon. And the litmus test, if I said that word right, litmus, okay, I'm sorry. The litmus test will be, believe it or not, how you sleep at night. That simple. If you're sleeping at night without having any problems falling asleep, totally rested, your muscles are all relaxed because that's how sure I am, just like the person who has the $60,000 laying right there, then you've experienced bitachon. So on the highest level, the answer to the question of tonight's lecture is bitachon is a feeling. The ultimate experience of emunah, faith, is bitachon, trust. The ultimate experience of trust is a feeling.
you feel it in your heart. That's how relaxed you are. How do you get there? The answer in Hasidus, and I believe it's quoted in the name of the Baal Shem Tov's disciple successor, the Mazrich Magid, the Magid of Mazrich. Whenever the Torah commands a feeling, the feeling is the fulfillment, the action, the demanded action that the Torah is telling you to do is on the brain, the thought. Let's just put this for example, right? We're not that far away from Pesach. There's a mitzvah to eat matzah. There's a mitzvah, and as you know from the laws of Yom Kippur, the definition of a mitzvah of eating will always be defined by your swallowing place, the Beis Habliya. The action is get matzahs, put it in your mouth, and chew, and swallow. So yeah, the mitzvah is to have five kazayasin of matzahs in your stomach, digested. But the action is to actually have the matzah, put it in your mouth, chew, and swallow. The mitzvah, the ultimate experience of the mitzvah is to feel emuna in its fullest to the state of bitachon, to its fullest. But what is the action? What is God telling me to do? It's like the mitzvah of loving Hashem. Loving Hashem is in your heart. But how do you do that mitzvah? You do it with your brain. So the fulfillment is when it's in your heart. But the journey, the action, is in your brain. In Tanya, you will find, in the last couple of chapters that we've been going through in the annual schedule, you will find that Love of Hashem, like I said to you, is a feeling. But the Alter Rebbe does state that sometimes we don't have the power of mind to be able to create a feeling. I know, I study, I learn, I concentrate, I contemplate, and in my brain, I feel it. I used an interesting word. Did you hear me? In my brain, I feel it. Such as, we probably all went through this. You read something, you, in, you looked into something, and you thought to yourself, you know something? I'd like to have that. I'd like to do that. I'd like to make this resolution of time to do this mitzvah. Or I'd like to make the resolution of giving up this avera. But if you're very clear with yourself, you will realize that that want is in your brain, not in your heart. In the world of Chassidus, we call that the emotions of the intellect. Not the emotions of the emotions. They're two different experiences altogether. So while the full-blown power of bitachon, trust, and munah, is a feeling, number one, understand 
The way to get to that is the brain. The way to get to that is through concentration. You cannot concentrate before you study. It's that simple. You don't have what to concentrate on. So you need to learn. You need to learn, get the data. Then you need to learn how to concentrate on the data. And then you need to learn how to contemplate the data, learning to make it a thought pattern. I'm choosing my words carefully. Let's go over it again. You cannot concentrate on what you don't know. So you need to study. If you don't learn, then you don't know. So what are you going to concentrate on? So you first have to learn. Just to say, I trust God. What do you do? What is the Jewish knowledge, data, about trusting God? Great man wrote a book, Duties of the Heart. Very holy man. Different gateways. Gateway of trust. He doesn't just have one word there, trust in God. He has chapters and chapters of intellectual approaches, arguments, studies. He talks about the alchemist versus trusting in God. Tanya. Huge chapters about trusting in God. You had the Garden of Amuna. You have the book I introduced to you today, In Good Hands. Learn. Just simply learn. Very simple. <laughs> you women go into the kitchen, you want to cook, but there's a little problem. Your pantry's empty. We're out of ingredients. We won't be cooking. Concentrating, contemplating is cooking. <laughs> but you need ingredients. If you don't study, if you cannot quote a phrase in the Talmud about trust, a teaching, then you don't have ingredients. What are you pouring into the batter? So what are you talking to me about feeling trust? Oh, I trust God. Really? Let's talk about that. Uh, what's there to talk about? I trust God. So we, we talk about the journey even to the fulfillment of the highest level where trust is a feeling. You will not get there. Very few are gifted. They're born with that. Mind you, all children have no problem with sleeping and have no problem with trust. But very few people are born with the innate trust that will take you through your turbulent times in life. So don't expect, what do you mean? I'm Jewish. I was circumcised. Why don't I just have it? Uh-uh. Go shopping. Get the ingredients. Learn. Learn and learn. Learn how Jews are supposed to think about God, God's goodness, God's compassion, God's forgiveness. Get the ingredients. Now, once you have the ingredient, it's very simple, right? <laughs> so I don't get it. I have flour. I have eggs. I have oil. Why isn't it a cake? Well, it's very simple. Why? Because if you don't put it into the batter and you don't do what you got to do at the right time, at the right levels, and then put on the oven and put it in there and let the heat bake it, it won't happen. So don't think that just because you can shoot out to me exactly where it says, what it says, and it's there, that you have trust. 
So trusting God is actually, before it can even become a feeling, it's actually an understanding. And it's an understanding of God's goodness, God's compassion, God's forgiveness, God's unconditional choosing you. So when we talk about the process of trust, we're now talking about it as an understanding. And I'm telling you that the first level we spoke to, we spoke about where it's a feeling, no one gets there without the lower level. It's an understanding. It's a controlled thought pattern. That's exactly what bitachon is, at least the journey of it. Now, in many letters, I see where the Rebbe of Blessed Memory writes to people about the thought pattern, the understanding, controlling your brain. And I found that the Rebbe divides it in one letter, which opened up my eyes to, oh, okay, now I can at least, <laughs> you know, the Rebbe broke it down to two levels, so at least the lower level I can kind of jump up and grab onto. So let me tell you the two levels. The higher level. The higher level is think good and it will be good. Why should it be good? Maybe I don't deserve it should be good. I know what I do. I know what I'm supposed to do that I don't do. So here we go into a whole understanding that God's goodness is not a reflection of your action. God's goodness can be, I said that as a fact, it's not a reflection. Let me say it doesn't have to be a reflection of your action. God's goodness can be a reflection of your trust in his goodness. Let me add on a word. God's goodness can be a reflection of your trust in his unconditional, undeserved, unearned goodness. God's good because he's good. God loves me because he loves me. So here we're talking about the thought pattern being in the positive mode. Not only am I not worried that it won't be bad, I'm going to grab that bull by the horns and flip it upside down. Not only am I not worried that it's going to be bad, I know that it's going to be good. Let's play this out. Worry is starting to kick up. Oh my God, oh my God. Now, I could deal with that in two ways. The higher way we're talking about is grabbing it by the horns and saying, you're wrong. It's going to be good. It is going to be good. You grab the negative thought and you flip it upside down. You turn it into positive. That is the higher state of bitachon as an understanding. 
I intellectually engage with it by grabbing onto it and looking it in the eyes and saying, you're wrong, you're false, you're not real. Because reality is that God is good, God loves me, and this is going to be okay. One letter the Rebbe writes to a person, and because you presently may think that this is too difficult for you, the Rebbe introduces stage B. At least you cannot think bad. I know I use two negatives. If you can't think good, then you cannot, at least, you cannot think bad. And the Rebbe writes to him, because that person happened to be a learned person, the Rebbe writes to him, you can at least exchange the negative worry thought for thought of words of Torah. Now let me tell you what that means. Because when I read it, it meant a lot to me. It's like, okay, at least the Rebbe has given me something I could deal with. Obviously, we can deal with the other one too. But at times we feel that that's impossible. Too many signs, too many this, too many that. It's going to be bad. So let me remind you of something you probably did when you were a kid and the person next to you started making fun of you, saying something, arguing, disagreeing. Do you remember this? La, 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 I'm not listening. La, 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 la. Remember that? That's what we're talking about, guys. That's simple. But, but, but what's going to happen? What's going to do? What's this and that? Are you going to pay and help? Whatever it is. Whatever's bugging you. Not listening. Now, you see, there's two, not, not, there's two type of not listenings. There's a not listening where you're listening to what you're not listening to. Because you're not listening, you have to know that you're not listening to what you're not listening to. And then there's a not listening where you really walk away. You guys know exactly what I mean, and I know exactly what I mean. You know someone wants to tell you this real juicy piece of gossip? Or someone wants to come over and tell you an off-color joke? And no, 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 I, d I really don't want to hear it. I really, really don't, don't want, ri no, no, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it. You see, over here it gets a little, shall I say, the price goes up because you know you're not playing with God. You see, when it's just Lush and horror, you can think you're playing with God because you don't see the negative impact on you. Or an off-color joke, you don't see the negative impact on you. But when you deal with anxiety, you deal with worry, you know that you're not playing with God. You're playing with yourself. Because if you get pulled into this tidal wave, that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to be dealing with a tidal wave. So when the Rebbe tells this person, and I know that you may presently think that it's impossible, too hard, too hard for you presently, too difficult presently, to grab the bull by the horns and flip it over, but what you could do is not go there. Just tell the worry, whatever it is, I'm not going there.
and after you say those words, act, which means grab a book and start reading, start learning. Beautiful if it could be words of Torah, because words of Torah are very soothing. They simply connect you to God. And when you're connected to God, you just have deep within you, even when you don't feel it because you got a nervous stomach right now, your head's spinning, you're going through the anxiety attack, but somewhere beneath it all, you just feel, I'm okay. I'm okay because I'm connected with the ultimate, ultimate power who loves me unconditionally. With that being said, if you don't have right then and there a book of Torah or you don't have in your head words of Torah you can definitely grab a novel but try to grab something let's be realistic try to grab something that takes brains because one of the gifts God gave 99.9% of the human race is that we can't have two thoughts in one shot when we understand that the only way to the heart is through the brain, then we understand what we need to control. We do not need to control the heart. We don't need to control the emotion of fear. We need to control the thought pattern which feeds, accepts, validates, and enhances the emotion of fear. So the second thing that the Rebbe writes over here to this person is, which now is the second part of level B. So the first level we spoke about is faith, trust is an emotion. It's a full-blown feeling where you go to sleep like a baby. That's how sure you are within your heart. Happy knowing that you owe the money, but you have it laying right there next to you. We spoke about level B, which is the only way to get to level A for most of us. I will agree that there are some people that are just gifted, that without any knowledge or anything, they just have an innate trust in God. God bless them. Most of us don't, especially once we were challenged. Once we let it in, it's hard to just not deal with it. But that's one of the ways we talked about, not dealing with it. But the bottom line is, that what you now have is that the only way to the feeling is the understanding. And the Rebbe acknowledges, now the Rebbe acknowledges in Tanya, that for some of us, presently, all we can hope for is an understanding. At least a feeling of the mind, if not a feeling of the heart. If we can have a feeling of the heart, because we're just not that intellectually strong presently, then at least we can have an intellectual feeling. I know this to be good, so I want it. I know it is good, so I trust it. Intellectually, I know it's going to be okay. Even though I am now dealing with some flutters in my stomach, my heart, but I intellectually know and absolutely intellectually know to the point of a intellectual feeling called trust that it's going to be okay because God 
is good. We spoke about the second level, the second half of the second level, which is if I can't think positive, at least let me not think negative. And I told it to you as straight out as I could. Exactly what you did when you were nine years old on the bus and the kid next to you was annoying you. And you let the kid know, I'm not listening to you. Now I want to just, because I said those words, I want to be clear. It's a waste of time and a dangerous waste of time to tell your fear, I'm not dealing with you. Because what you just did is you opened up communication. So don't tell yourself, I'm not dealing with this. Because that already was the dealing with it. Don't deal with it. Take your brain away. Start learning. Engage your mind. So I want to repeat what I just said in case someone didn't understand me. What I said was, it's a dangerous waste of time to tell your fear that I'm not listening to you. Because what the Rebbe is saying is, do not have communication. That was a communication. Do not have a communication with fear. Take your brain away. And the way you take your brain away is not focusing on where you're going away from, but where you're going to. Because when you focus on where you're going away from, you're not away. Remember the story of Lot's wife. Lot's wife turned around, looked back, and she turned into a pillar of salt. Don't turn around. Don't look back. Grab a safer. Grab a holy book, or if you have something in your mind, and start thinking it. So level two of level two is that A, it's an understanding. B, if it can't be a positive understanding, at least it's the absence of a negative understanding. So far, so good. So we dealt with A, faith slash trust is a feeling. We dealt with B, which is the only way to A for majority of the human race. Faith slash trust is an understanding. I clearly told you, do not plan on baking a cake if you didn't buy ingredients. Study, learn, learn not what you made up is Jewish trust, because we all love to make up what it means to trust in God. Do not waste your time making up what it means to trust in God. Trust in God means that you learn what God says, what Moses told us, what the sages told us, trusting in God means. I then told you that just because you know it doesn't mean that you even intellectually feel it. Just like just because you have the ingredients in the pantry, you don't have a cake. You got to pour it into the batter. You got to mix it. You got to stick it into the oven. You got to bake it. So besides knowing what the Torah says about trust and the latter to trust, you need to mix it together. You need to go over it. Do I really understand it? Do I really understand it? You need to concentrate. You need to contemplate. That's the baking, the concentration and the contemplating. I told you that that's in two levels. That's the level of positive. Grab the bull by the horns and flip it over. That's the higher level. The lower level is, 
at least the absence of negative. I'm running late, so I want to go to the last point. I asked you if it's an understanding. I asked you if it's a feeling. And then I asked you, or a what? So let me tell you what that what is. Trust, my dear friends, is an action. I've told you this before. Let me share it again. This guy had a part in the play. It was just one part. The part was that when the cannon went off, he was to scream out loud, the war has begun. Of course, during rehearsal, they didn't shoot cannons. So they had one of the stagehands with a sign that said, bam. And he would scream the minute he saw that, the war has begun. Opening night, he's standing there so ready for his one moment of glory. The cannon goes off. Whoa, what was that? You see, as much as each and every one of us in this room would like to tell ourselves that we are intellectual creatures, it's what separates us from animals. And amongst humans itself, I would like to believe that I am of the intellectual human beings amongst the human beings itself. So let me break it down for each and every one of us. For us, for us, intellect does not control feelings. Intellect doesn't even control actions. Actions control thought patterns and actions control emotions. I want to really break this down so that we get this straight. So we're reading, and we're learning, and we're concentrating, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and that's it, and we're ready for it, and, uh, and that's it. But you didn't do it. Why didn't you do it? Because the last minute, you got scared. So let me tell you what just happened. In the ring, in this corner, stands fear. In this corner stands action. Every time you don't do an action because of fear, you just strengthened fear. It just grew on you. Every time you do an action, and sometimes the way to do an action is by detaching yourself from the intellectual process. Please remember the letter hey. The letter hey, on top there's a line, thought. It's connected to the line, speech. But then there's a little hanging leg, not connected to anything. That's action. So when push comes to shove, and when now it's the question of whether the tough get going or not, it's not about rehashing the thought process. 
It's about realizing if I do this, I won. Not only did I win this round, I've just strengthened trust and weakened faith. If I let fear stop me from doing this, then what I've just done is not only has fear won this round, fear has become stronger and my revealed trust has become weaker. To quote the great Sefer HaChinuch, Ki lev ha'adam nimshach ha'cha'pu'ulatav For the heart of man is drawn after his action and not vice versa. So the action, if you want to know what trust is, if you want to know how do you build trust, how do you make it stronger, how do you make it real, how do you make it tangible, palatable, that's what I want to have reigning in my brain, in my heart, reigning in R-E-I-G-N. How do I want? How do I want it? Is it R-I-E-N? <laughs> I-N, I'm sorry. My head's all over the place tonight. But how do I have that rule? That should be my experience. That should be my environment. Trust in Hashem. Action. Take a little thing, a little thing, please, that you're afraid to do, and do it. That is the strongest victory. More than learning, more than concentrating, and more than contemplating, and more than going through the strengthening of my heart. Just do it. Bite down hard, get up, and do it. The immediate feeling of strength will tell you how right I am. Take little things first. Don't be Hercules. Take little things. But just do it. And definitely don't not do something that you promised yourself you're going to do. So don't promise yourself. But if you promised yourself because you know that it's within you to do it, then absolutely bite down hard. I don't care if your hands are shaking. I'm talking to myself. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to all of us, but I'm talking to myself. And do it. Hold on and do it. The immediate, not long-term, working on patterns, you got to keep at it. The immediate feeling of strength that shoots through your mind and heart is a huge victory for bitachon, for trust. I'm going to sum it up. I did say I was going to leave here at 9 o'clock, but I ran seven minutes late. So I'm going to sum it up. If there are questions, I'm going to hang for a top of 10 minutes, and then I really need to go. But I want to sum it up. Number one, 
Bitachon in its fullest power. By the way, I don't know if I did or didn't tell you this while I was going over it. The fifth of Sheba writes in that very thing where he writes this. He writes that this is very difficult. So don't beat yourself up if you're not at that level. But the ultimate bitachon is that just like you know that if you owe $60,000 and the money's laying right there next to you, you saved up, you put it away tomorrow at 8 o'clock after davening, you're going to go and give back the money, you're going to sleep like a baby because the money's right there. Bitachon is to feel it even if the money isn't right there because God's your provider and your provider provides. So the full-blown experience of bitachon in its fullest glory is a feeling tested by the way you sleep. That simple. The only way to get to that for most of us is through level B, where trust is an understanding of the mind. An understanding to the point where it became an intellectual feeling. A thought pattern that's powerful. And that divides into two. The higher level, I flip it over into the positive. The lower level, you really don't go to the negative. You just walk away. Start thinking about a page Gemara, Perak Tanya, a Maim from the Rebbe, whatever it is, a Parsha, whatever you want. You don't have a Torah thought at the spot, grab a novel. A novel that will grab you or something that takes intellectual work so that you have to think only one thought at one time. Level number three, trust is an action. Trust is doing what you said you're going to do. Guys, that's it. <laughs>